Okay, I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I'm about to fill you in on a dirty little secret of mine. I never had any intention of becoming an elementary school art teacher. There. I said it. Cats out of the bag. Weights lifted off my shoulders. Now you know. Never had any intention of doing what I do day after day in and out of that art room. I'm an accidental art teacher. Teacher? Teacher! <laughs> and surely I am not the only one. So I bet a couple of you are like, mm, Cassie done let my secret out of the bag too. Well, now that we're just airing our dirty laundry, I want to also share with you something else today. How I got to this place. How I, a person who had no intention of being an elementary school art teacher, got here. And what I have learned, the most important thing I have learned along the way. So I didn't have art in elementary school. That like wasn't a thing in Joliet, Illinois at Eisenhower Academy. Maybe Eisenhower has art now, but back then they didn't. And I managed to survive based on those amazing teachers that I had who would work art into their curriculum and helped me to really find success. And I always enjoyed it when they brought art into the curriculum, but I just didn't know that art was like a subject, a thing that could be pursued all on its own. It wasn't until I was in eighth grade that I actually had my very first art class with a bona fide art teacher. And granted, she was a little different. She was an older woman, sweet enough, had desk drawers filled with torn out pages from National Geographic that I remember we were supposed to draw like weekly assignments from. I became, side note, really good at tracing those magazines. I learned three things from her during the short time that I had her before she retired. Thing number one, that she did a lot of ministry work in Africa. Thing number two, that men really liked her because she was well endowed. I will never forget her telling me that and me thinking, why? Why? Why is this important? Why do I need to know this about my teacher who's the age of my grandmother? And thing number three, despite the fact that I did a whole lot of tracing, this woman thought, and she knew I was tracing, she still thought I was good at art. Once I entered high school, I decided to join the art club. I enjoyed art, and I also found other things that I really loved. I loved the drama club. I loved being in plays. I enjoyed the speech team, mostly because I was surrounded by people who were different, who were weird. And I was beginning to realize that I was one of those people. And this group of friends of mine, instead of trying to change ourselves to fit in with the it crowd, the cool kids, instead, we decided to embrace our weirdness. In fact, we like had a little saying that if it wasn't weird, then we didn't want any part of it. Normal was lame and we were anything but normal. We spent weekends like going to the thrift stores, buying clothing, attempting to dye the clothing black because, you know, 
we, of, of course, were a little bit goth-esque, even though we didn't know what that word meant at the time. It was the 80s, late 80s. And side note, when we tried to dye our clothes black, we were using RIT dye, which meant that most of our clothes just ended up purple anyhow. Thanks a lot, RIT. So I was comfortable with my group that I had. Now, a little bit about the high school where I attended. It's a rural high school in rural Indiana, and my parents both attended and graduated from the high school where I graduated from. My Aunt Lottie also graduated from the high school and then went on to be my English teacher. She taught me both in in eighth grade and my senior year. One of the best, yet one of the scariest and meanest teachers I've ever had. And I don't know if that's because I was her niece or I drove her crazy or if that's just how she was with everybody. I have a feeling it was the former. That's kind of where I came from. Despite being really different and kind of like standing out like a sore thumb amongst my most of my classmates, I... I enjoyed high school. I have happy memories of it, of of being in the plays, of spending time with friends and being on that speech team. To me, I had then a lot of confidence. I felt like I really, truly knew who I was. I was the big, artsy, kind of dorky, dweeby kid who dressed all kinds of crazy, and I loved being that kid. I felt like I was the big artsy fish in a little bitty pond, and I enjoyed my role as that. And then I went to college. So I went to college at Indiana University. Side note, my graduating class had 70 kids in it, you guys. 70. So of course I stood out for that reason alone. There weren't a whole lot of kids in my class. Next thing you know, I'm on the college campus of Indiana University, where there are not 70 kids, but 30,000 kids. Each one of them, in my mind, more artsy, more creative, more better at acting or public speaking or any of the things that I felt like I had dominated, these kids were better than me. Truthfully, they were, but in my mind, it was, it was much, much worse. And I did not handle having the water drained from my pond. I didn't handle it well. I remember it, it was like maybe a week into my, my college experience that I knew right then and there things were going to be tough for me. I had a hard time speaking to people. I became really self-conscious whenever I spoke. I just didn't feel smart enough or or witty enough, clever enough. I definitely didn't know all the cool bands or had watched the most recent movies or gone to some fun play. So I stopped talking. When I did talk to people, I remember I started to develop a stutter. Now I know it's, you know, induced by social anxiety, but back then I didn't know what was wrong with me. All I knew was that I would open my mouth and words would literally get mixed up when they came out of my mouth. I could see them floating out of my mouth and then I could see the confused looks on the faces of people who are speaking too. And I was realizing I'm not making any sense. And I think that the takeaway for people was, is this girl is not quite right. And so I started to withdraw 
It also didn't help that my freshman year, I didn't take any art classes. My parents had pretty much laid the smack down. They'd said, you know what? You don't know what you're going to do, period. And we're paying for this college education, period. You're not taking a single art class until you figure it out. That, I think, was like the icing on the crap cake. Being a creative, we know we have to be creating. And when you're in a stressful situation, like a freshman in college, taking all of these courses, being surrounded by people you don't know, having that one life raft of creativity would have really probably benefited me. Not to the fault of my parents. I don't blame them. Not for this anyway. There's a slew of other things. Just kidding, mom. But it, I think, may have helped. It just speaks, I think, to the importance of the arts and the importance of what we do every day as educators. But that's just a little aside. The summer of my sophomore year, I finally took an art class. And not just any art class, I took an oil painting class. It was the first time I'd ever worked with oil paints. And just from the moment I walked into that big open gray studio with all the huge windows and the little white coffee pot in the corner that was always brewing. I smelled that oil paint smell, linseed oil and turpentine, and I was in love. Oil paint was magic to me. Suddenly, I discovered the thing that I, I just like fell in love. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you've found the art supply that really speaks to you. But when you do, you understand where I'm coming from. It's a kind of falling in love. You just have never experienced anything like this. Suddenly I had a medium that I could express my feelings with. Not to mention, I was pretty good at it. I remember so good that one day after class, my painting professor, Isaac, I don't remember his last name. He was a TA, so we all just called him Isaac, and we loved him to bits. He told me that I was good. He said that I was so good that I should consider pursuing the BFA, getting my BFA in painting. I didn't really know what BFA meant. I, I don't even know what most degrees and those letters and all that stuff stand for. But... I did know that getting into that program would mean I would, for two years, the next two years, have my own studio, have critiques with professors, and be surrounded by like-minded friends, kids who were into painting, kids who had fallen in love with oil painting just as much as I did, and were going to spend as much time pursuing that love as they could. I remember I applied for that program, and I was accepted. And I was so thrilled. Who wasn't thrilled? My parents. Yeah, so those people who happen to be funding my art education, or just my schooling, I should say, thank you, thank you, thank you, mom and dad, for doing that, were not thrilled with the idea of paying for me to have a studio to just sit around and paint in for the next two years. Oh, no. I remember the smack was laid down, and my parents said to me, the only way we are going to allow you to do this 
is if you also get a degree in education. Edja what now? Teaching? I, I mean, I couldn't even wrap my brain around it. I mean, granted, my Aunt Lottie was a teacher and there were other teachers in my family, but I had never thought, I mean, not since I was in grade school when I would play school, had I even given any consideration to being a teacher. But my desire to paint in that studio, to spend time with those canvases and the oil paints and the people that were a part of that program, my desire was so great that I would have signed on to be an underwater basket weaving instructor slash Zumba dance coordinator, whatever. I would have signed any dotted line to make it happen. And so I agreed. Next thing you know, I was on the path to becoming an art teacher while mostly spending my time thinking, dreaming, and doing my oil painting. Now, here's the thing that I started to notice. When I headed back to school after deciding I was going to pursue or attempt to pursue both paths, I was met with resistance on both sides. My painting professors, when they would see me gather up my bag and head out the door or leave a critique early to go attend my art ed classes, they started to kind of pull away from me, I noticed. They stopped taking me and my paintings as seriously. And when I asked them, my one professor who I was very close with, why, he said it was because, well, I wasn't as serious as the others. I was getting my art education degree. I was pursuing an entirely other and additional path to painting. How could I be a serious artist if I was doing that? When I would go to my ed classes, I remember I would stumble in, smelling like turpentine. I always wore my paint clothes, so I was literally covered from head to toe, and that got a lot of looks in my ed classes. In my education classes, I was surrounded by people who a lot of them in my general ed classes were, of course, not artists. They didn't understand what was happening. They didn't understand what this crazy, colorful monster was they were looking at, but they it, it was not something they could comprehend. And then in my art ed classes, I did not take those seriously. That was all on me. Those people in there, they were in there to become art teachers, and I was not. I was in there because my parents said I had to be. So it was my fault that I blew off those classes, blew off those classmates, didn't take any of that seriously. And I learned from that, from my art ed professors, that I wasn't going to be able to be an art teacher. My lessons were not written well. My visual library was a mess. And I was led to believe that I needed to basically pick a side. Because if I was going to pursue art, I had to go all in. If I was going to pursue education, I had to go all in. I had to pick a side. I had to join a team because I couldn't do both. And this is something that I have learned. This is something that took me years to figure out. This is something that I want you to know. Picking a side, 
choosing a team, this baloney about you cannot be both is a lie. It's a lie because you can. You absolutely, 100%, you can be an artist and an art teacher, both. The first seven years of my teaching career, when I got hired, I was scared because I hadn't listened in any of those ed classes. I hadn't paid the least bit of attention. And here I was surrounded by 30 kids looking to me for their art education, and it was on my shoulders. You better believed I put every amount of energy that I could into learning everything I could about art education. And in doing so, I pushed all of my painting, my creating pursuits aside because I was of the mindset that now here I was in the art teacher in trenches. I had to pick a side. I can't be both. I got to be the best that I can be. I'm picking team art teacher. Seven years in, I was the most burnt to the crisp art teacher you ever did meet. And that's when I realized I had neglected my creative side. I had neglected what had brought me to art education in the first place. And I realized I needed to start creating again. But I'd let that all dry up and blow away for the last seven years. I did not even know where to start, you guys. And so I just picked up where I'd left off. I picked up paints, I picked up canvases, I made a still life, and I tried to force myself to paint because in my mind, an artist was a painter, an artist suffered for their work, an artist showed in galleries, an artist did nothing but paint, paint, paint. And if you weren't painting, you weren't an artist. That's what was in my brain, and that was a lie. When I finally realized that I wasn't interested in painting anymore, I got really scared. I thought that that meant that I was no longer an artist. No, it simply meant that that's just not where my interests were anymore. And once I realized that, I was able to let go of that notion that I had to suffer to create art and I had to be painting. And I started thinking about other things that I might want to do. Sewing had always interested me, so I started to teach myself how to sew. I let go of the idea, the kind of like little box that we have for what an artist is and what an artist looks like. I let that go. I erased the box. I got rid of it completely. And I just decided that pursuing my creative interest, it doesn't have to fit into a category. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It can be whatever it is that I want it to be as long as I'm pursuing it because making sure that I'm creating was vital for my happiness, which meant that it was vital for my happiness as a teacher. And a happy teacher, like I'm always telling y'all, is what our students need and deserve. When I finally realized that I didn't have to join a team, take a side, that I could pursue teaching art and I could pursue creating, and that being the perfect art teacher, by the way, that doesn't exist, doesn't look a certain way. 
And being an artist doesn't look a certain way. It only has to look my way. It only has to be true to me. And I don't want you to ever spend as much time as I did beating yourself up, telling yourself you're wrong, telling yourself you're not a good teacher if you're creating or you're not a good creative if you're working on teaching. Just know that your way, your path, it's the right way as long as it's your way. And you'll get there. You'll become both as long as you let go of any of those notions and you just keep pushing yourself toward your passions and bringing that into your classroom. It's a shame to me that we are led to believe that. I mean, maybe it's just me. Perhaps I'm just speaking from my experience. But if you do find yourself thinking or feeling or you've ever been led to believe that you have to pick a side, know that you do not. Know that you can be both. And I am on the sidelines cheering for you to pursue both any way you want.